Hello, everybody. I was watching Robin Orr earlier wearing this, uh, this microphone and uh, just thinking it's how he got that reputation for being the Brittany Spears of mind and soul and uh, all of these things. Going to be thinking about living life to the full with God, which is a theme that comes up again and again throughout the Bible. If we can just move to the next slide, please. I've got a problem, and I suspect some people here may also have the same problem. Part of the Bible talks about being joyful. Uh, am I always joyful? Are you always joyful? Happy? Do we always have solutions to things? We're told to pray in all circumstances, that God can work for the good in uh, uh, people's lives when things get tough. But do we always though we have solutions to do? We sometimes feel stuck. Do we always feel confident? Confident in our faith, confident in our lives, confident in relationships, whatever it is. Do we always make wise and sensible choices and decisions? Work, relationships, jobs, church, all these different things. Or do sometimes we make unwise decisions and choices? And how does this all fit in as whole people? I'd just like to introduce you to uh, somebody who's uh, smiling uh, all the way from the United States, Professor Aaron Beck, also known as Tim Beck. He's one of the key people who developed an approach called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT. And uh, if we move on to the next slide, CBT is increasingly mentioned. You'll have probably seen it a lot in either work settings or in newspapers, magazines, or heard about it on television or radio. But CBT is one of the few evidence-based psychotherapies that's got a very, very strong evidence base across a wide range of disorders. So problems like depression, anxiety, panic, phobias, obsessions, post-traumatic stress disorder, across a whole range of different disorders like that, cognitive behavioral therapy has been shown to be effective. It's widely recommended in NHS settings, as well, and uh, that makes it important because uh, in England and Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland there's a focus on trying to have increased access to CBT uh, because it really can make differences for people. <coughs> so how does CBT <coughs> actually work? Can I point you to some of the things that we see in the New Testament with Jesus? Because it would have been so easy for Jesus sometimes to just go and tell people stuff, a bit like sometimes doctors or nurses or psychologists can tell people stuff, what to do. Instead he often gave stories and instead he often asked questions. Can I ask you just to reflect on your own lives, times when you've had a dilemma and you've maybe gone to see somebody, GP, a friend, somebody at work and you've been chatting, or maybe someone at church, and you've been chatting with them and you've had this dilemma and as you've talked it through, something has really helped. Uh, Rob may see this in clinic settings, those of you who work in health uh, care settings may see it sometimes as well, where people come back to an outpatient clinic, maybe a month later, and said, what you said last time really made a big difference. We may have had that in our lives too, that somebody's asked a question, made a comment, and we've understood things differently. If anything like me, you'd be thinking, you know, what did I say? Have you ever met you before? <laughs> this, uh, these sort of things. But there can be powering questions. And these questions, of course, can be asked one-to-one -one by a cognitive behavioral therapist or other people. They can also be asked maybe in books or asked on a DVD or video or asked by a computer. If the powers in questions, they can be asked in different ways. But CBT isn't just about helping people work things out. It's also about equipping people with new skills, things they can do that can make a real difference to how they feel, things that can uh, help improve confidence, change their thinking, change their behavior. And it's very much focused on belief and behavior changes. And isn't the Christian faith and other faiths also so much focused on belief and behaviors? And sometimes our beliefs 
our thoughts can be helpful. Sometimes our behaviours, our responses to challenges can be really helpful. Sometimes not so helpful, sometimes they backfire and add to things. I think there are particular issues, and uh, today and other things that Mind and Soul has been focused on over recent years, really draws into the fact that people, as individuals, we're quite complicated. There are different aspects of us that matter. As whole people, uh, we have different aspects to our lives. If you have a strong faith, or if you have a faltering faith, it's there in the mix when we face problems like low mood, anxiety, stress, distress. It can be a fantastic resource or sometimes can get caught up in things and become part of the problem. But it may be something that people want to talk about, but aren't necessarily confident or sure who to talk about it with, and how to talk about it in health care settings or other settings. There are lots of people increasingly interested in spirituality, in mental health settings. I hadn't heard that statistic before that Rob mentioned. There were over 2,000 members of the Royal College of Psychiatrists being members of the spirituality group. That's really encouraging, really, really encouraging. Because the more these things are talked about, the more it becomes a normal part of assessment. And that's so important, because it's important to people. And I wouldn't rule out at all uh, seeing anyone who's good in these sort of approaches. BABCP, for example, the British Association of Behavioural and Cognitive Psychotherapies, has a lot of accredited CBT practitioners. There's sometimes fears and concerns within churches. I want to see a Christian. Actually, I think... If we reverse this or moved into another setting, if we had a really serious surgical problem, we'd actually probably want to see the best surgeon. And God can work through all sorts of different people in all sorts of different ways. So I think the key is, yes, it might be good or a preference to see a Christian for some things, but also people who are competent and approachable and open to respecting people's values and beliefs, that also is really important. Let's just move, uh, move on. <coughs> I have a diary that rather obsessively beeps at me once a month uh, and it reminds me to go online and pump in words like self and help and depression into, uh, into Google and just see how many hits there are. As you can see from the date times there, I ignore it most months. Uh, but I've been doing this for a number of years and the number of hits is going up and up. People are looking for information for these sort of things. Millions and millions of hits. Uh, every time I do it, it's a straight line almost going upwards. It's a uh, massively uh, rapid increase. And uh, over recent years, there's a whole range of people who've tried to write resources, books, bringing together CBT, bringing together a faith-based perspective. Uh, with uh, Ingrid Witten and uh, Paul Richards, I was one of the authors of I'm Not Supposed to Feel Like That. And it was called that because I think sometimes still, even now, people feel less happy admitting to feeling angry, down, anxious, than maybe breaking an arm or a leg. Or, uh, or getting flu. Uh, I think that's true outside the church. I think it's often the case in church. And it would be really intriguing just thinking in your own settings, those of you who do go to church, uh, when was the last time you heard a sermon directly about anxiety and depression? And I know there will be some people here, but it's probably not as often as you heard sermons about lots of other stuff. And yet we know one in five people are affected by anxiety and depression, at least at some stage in life. It's a really important mainstream thing that affects lots of people, including ministers. If you can just move on again, please. 
One of the things uh, that's being launched today and that's going to uh, hopefully be a, a major part of the Mind and Soul website is Living Life to the Full with God, which is an online course. It's drawing from another course called uh, Living Life to the Full, which has been really quite successful and has had three and a half million, sometimes more hits a month, uh, with many hundreds of thousands of people signed up for it. This course is being modified, and I'll describe how uh, to address uh, faith-based issues uh, for people, to think about how faith is important when we struggle with times of uh, low mood and anxiety, for example. It contains lots of content, but overall, it's trying to teach the sort of skills that we all need in life. Uh, it's also not just online, because uh, although I'm a, I think Rob and I share an interest in sort of uh, geeky type uh, gadgets and uh, computers and things like, uh, uh, like this, we love stuff like this headset. We just love it. In fact, I'm tempted to buy one this afternoon and wear it in bed tonight. I think it's so, so good. <clears throat> but we also recognize that some people aren't as into computers as, uh, as we are. But people do like to learn in different ways. Some people like to read, some people like to meet and learn from others. There's another way that this Living Life to the Full with God course can run that's been running uh, for some time in various different churches, church settings, and also in secular settings. It's not called Living Life to the Full with God, it's called Living Life to the Full in that setting. Uh, but there's many, many people have gone through these, uh, these courses, and it seems to be pretty effective. Uh, so Living Life to the Full with uh, God can also be a class that's held over eight weeks, eight sessions, around an hour and a quarter, hour and a half, that people can come and learn with slides a bit like, uh, like this and go through various key things, key aspects of life. And it's based on uh, a course disc that contains all the resources for that. Let me give you an example of some of the sessions, just a whistle-stop overview of it. Wouldn't it be fantastic if we felt good all the time? I would love that. I'd love to feel absolutely fantastic all the time, living life to the full. But do we always feel like that? Do we ever wake up and feel unenthusiastic? Do we ever have a conversation with somebody and feel irritable? Do we ever feel down, fed up, let down? All those different things, bruised by life. Because one of the things about living is we get bruised by life in different, uh, different ways. Let's think about some of the ways. So for example, do we ever have these sort of things going on in our lives? Need to move house, can be very stressful. Just packing and organizing, finding somewhere, having no money, maybe losing jobs. Wouldn't it be great if we never argued? Or people never argued with us? Bet you do, though. Bet I do, though. So arguments with friends, family worries, maybe sometimes feeling isolated, cut off, disconnected, rows with neighbors, upsetting things like friends or relatives, becoming ill or dying. If you can just move it on, please. But what you might not have thought of is that sometimes we can fall into a vicious circle when these sort of things happen. And in that vicious circle, different aspects are affected. So for example, how we think can change. <coughs> Particularly at times when we feel down, anxious, or stressed, the focus of our mind can change. We can start building things up and up in our minds. We can jump to the worst conclusions. We can become so, so self-critical and talk to ourselves in a really nasty way, the sort of way that we'd never want to talk to those we're careful. We can beat ourselves up mentally. We can look to the future and feel very hopeless. We can stress ourselves up with lots of fears and thoughts and predictions about how things can go wrong. And all of this can affect how we feel. Because what we think, what we believe, can affect how we feel. 
If we're feeling optimistic and positive, we feel happier. If we feel pessimistic and hopeless and negative or anxious or angry and have those sort of thoughts, it can affect our feelings. We feel low, anxious, down, ashamed, guilty. Lots of different emotions which can be very strong. And all these strong emotions can also affect how we are physically. Let's ask you just to think back to a time. Rob, when was the first time you were in love? You don't need to answer that. <laughs> think about our own lives. When was the first time you felt in love? That first kiss. Oh. Was it just an emotional thing? Was it just a mental thing? Did we feel a bit excited physically? These things can affect us in different ways. When we feel anxious, does it affect us physically? When we feel scared of things, does our heart race? Do we feel hot or sweaty? Do we feel cold? Do we uh, notice our hearts speeding up? Do we feel maybe dizzy? Do we feel agitated? So before big things like interviews or uh, exams or before getting married or something like that, you may be pacing around or going to the loo a lot. Lots of physical uh, reactions, sensations that affect how we feel. And that's probably a pattern that repeats. So if you, for example, uh, think back over the years, there's probably certain patterns of physical response that you notice when you get tense, headaches, eye strain, tummy pain, going to the loo a lot, whatever it is that repeats again and again over the months and the years. The same can happen also with the thoughts that we have and also with the behaviours that we do, our responses. But wouldn't it be fantastic if we always responded in really planned, effective ways? I'll give you an example. I took uh, our three-year-old daughter a number of years ago to Glasgow Science Centre. I don't know if anyone's been there, but it's fantastic. There's harps you can play that don't have any strings and things like this. And uh, I lost her. Okay. Has anyone else lost a child? Yeah, okay. There's a lot of us who are incompetent here, clearly. So I, I lost a child. What do you think popped into my head? Oh, she'll turn up. Actually, no. I had all sorts of fears about she'll wander off, she'll uh, wander out of a door, she may be taken by someone, knocked over by something. If I genuinely believed that, how would I feel emotionally? Calm, relaxed? I felt quite anxious, uh, emotionally and physically. Do you think in my behaviour, I had a systematic approach to trying to uh, look for her? Systematic search pattern, maybe a grid I could draw out around the museum? <laughs> well, actually, no, it wasn't particularly planned, it has to be said. And uh, when the Science Centre staff asked me what she was dressed like, I thought, clothes? <laughs> No idea. Let's just try and think about another everyday example. Has anyone here gone shopping and you got back home and you'd laid down with your exciting vouchers and uh, things like this and you suddenly can't find your wallet or purse? Has anyone had that? Okay. If we just move on to the next slide. What goes through your mind? Anyone have thoughts that it's been stolen, I've left it behind in a shop, and an image maybe of somebody at the... Uh, uh, at the cash point, taking loads of money out and buying uh, lots of things at Argos, you know, buying their 75th iron and things like this uh, as they uh, uh, pull money out, out. If we have those thoughts, how do we feel? Anxious, maybe angry, annoyed at ourselves or maybe somebody else. And that physical sensations kick in as well. And it can affect our behaviour. And when it's affecting our behaviour, has anyone here cancelled cards when you couldn't find them? And can you keep your hand up if you cancelled the cards and then you found them again? <laughs> okay. 
It's, realist, it's really good to know it's not just me that uh, loses children. And uh, Has anyone actually lost a child and done the same thing, cancelled cards at the same time? <laughs> this, is, this is very reassuring for me just to know that. That's, that's great. Again, can we just move, move on, please? That gives a, an idea of the sort of thing in the trying to work out why we feel as we do. Because one of the things about vicious circles is once the circle starts spinning, extreme thinking, feelings, physical symptoms, responding in ways that backfire and add to things, the circle spins and things get worse, feel worse and worse. The good news about vicious circles as they spin is we can try and change them by changing thinking, changing behaviour in more helpful ways. As people who have a faith, one of the ways that can uh, be altered, of course, is through prayer, by looking at things that can really tackle thoughts and behaviour, as well as various other techniques that we know can work from a CBT perspective. Let's just look at some of these things. Why does everything always go wrong? Have we ever said that to ourselves? Can we just look at the next slide? Because there's so many things where thoughts can pop into mind. Just some practical examples. You're at the supermarket, shopping. Uh, there's maybe a hyperactive checkout man or woman who's blasted everything through. You've not cut up in the bags. It's all piling up, and you hear someone behind you tut. <laughs> what goes through your mind? Maybe a second example is you're going somewhere really important. Like, for example, someone I know was uh, supposed to be reading a Bible reading at somebody's wedding, and I was stuck in traffic and couldn't actually get there. Has anyone seen the Michael Douglas film? I can't, is it falling down? I can't remember. So did I leave the car and just walk off with a baseball bat? Or uh, If you've not seen the film, that won't make any sense. But uh, have anyone been in that situation? You've had to get somewhere, and you're stuck. And something's going to go wrong if you're not there, or at least there'll be a problem. And what goes through your mind? These sort of thoughts can spoil our life, because we don't just have these thoughts realistically for a short time. These sort of thoughts, when we get worried or distressed, these sort of beat-yourself-up thoughts, predictions of the future, uh, these sort of thoughts that, uh, where we catastrophize and jump to the very worst conclusions, they worsen and affect how we feel. What do people often say to us when we're worried about things and going over things again and again? Just try not to think about it. Can we try this just really quickly, just for 30 seconds? I'll do this too. Can we try not to think about a white polar bear and see how effective that is? I'll do this too. So really try hard not to think about it. What do you notice? What do you notice? Trying hard not to think about something often brings it on far, more, far, far more. There's lots of research shows this to be true. We need more effective ways of dealing with upsetting thoughts. CBT has over 50 years now of research trying to work out what are the most effective ways of helping people change upsetting thinking, of dealing with bad thoughts of squashing them. And one of the ways that's very powerful is just to notice patterns, to be aware of the patterns we fall into. Mind reading, second guessing that other people don't like us or find us boring. Catastrophizing, jumping to the worst conclusion. Being very biased against ourselves, for example. And just like with those physical health patterns, when we feel stressed, headaches, going to the loo, rapid heart, feeling sweaty, agitated, these patterns of thinking repeat again and again. But there's things we can do about them. Because bad thoughts are like bullies. I don't know if you thought of them in this, in this sense. That they uh, almost uh, try to bully us into doing things. So, for example, somebody invites us around for a meal. If we're feeling down or stressed out or anxious, one of the things these sort of thoughts pop into mind, they'll say, you won't enjoy it. Nobody will talk to you. It will be horrible. 
And the bully tries to say, don't go. But the problem is, if we don't go and reduce our activity, we cut out of our lives something that could actually give a sense of pleasure or achievement or closeness to people, and the vicious circle starts spinning. So we need to look at ways of facing up to the bully. We also need to look at ways of becoming aware of the fact that as whole people, we have both strengths as well as weaknesses. This is a very interesting thing. I, I love these sweets. I don't know if uh, anyone else does. I think they're nice to give to people, and they're nice to have once in a while. Those who are supposed to love others uh, a bit like we love ourselves, which isn't a very good deal sometimes, uh, I, I think. We're supposed to uh, be aware, perhaps, of how God, of how, uh, how Jesus sees us. And he looks at us, and he's aware of all the bits that aren't right, all the bits that are definitely wrong, but he's also very aware that he fundamentally loves us. And one of the problems when people become depressed or anxious is they beat themselves up mentally. They speak to themselves in a really horrible tone. A really horrible tone. The sort of tone that you would never want to say to a child because it would kill their confidence and distress them and cause something that sticks with them for a long time. So there are things also in this sort of course that help people change their tone and be aware of some of the promises in the Bible about how we're seen. That you, I, even Rob can be lovable and loved. And especially Rob, actually. <laughs> Let's just move on. Confidence is such a key thing. Uh, one of the course modules addresses confidence. And uh, you may have had these sort of things said to you in life. You're a loser, you're clumsy, you're thick, you're weird, you're pathetic, you're too thin, you're too fat. Uh, you're ugly, all these different things. And they can be said by people like parents who get annoyed. So a parent might love somebody and say all sorts of supportive things, vast majority of the time, but then in frustration says one or two of these things some of the time, and it can get stuck. There's other things that might be said by teachers, by friends, by enemies, by classmates, by different people. And these sort of things, when they're said, can slowly, slowly get stuck in our heads. They can stick there. So these classes also try and help work out what's stuck in our head. What are the truths and what are the non-truths that are there? And uh, tries to think about different perspectives that make us realize that we've got both strengths and weaknesses. Uh, we've got promises of God about how we're seen and also about future and about belief in us that also matters. And uh, encourages people to try and work out what are their strengths? What are the good things? I'll let you read some of these. I can sing, I can cook well. My teeth are all my own. This is a project we did with some, uh, some, some over 65s, actually. Uh, I can listen to a story. I'm trying to list things and take, uh, uh, help people create lists of things that are positive, including statements in the Bible, promises uh, about forgiveness, about hope, about being loved, and to learn this list and say it to ourselves whenever we feel small. And it can make a difference. Helping us acting and responding more confidently because if we act confidently, talk confidently, stand confidently, slowly, slowly we become more confident. So the classes also involve acting lessons, which are quite fun. And uh, ask us to think about high standards, which can sometimes be helpful, but sometimes can backfire as it becomes one more thing to beat ourselves up over. And think about how we rate ourselves and how God rates us. Because those things can get out of sync sometimes. How we judge ourselves might be another way of phrasing this. Just coming back to the classes, these are going to be, from today, available online at the Mind and Soul website, but also 
if you want to run these classes as a community thing, either within your own church, the Living Life to the Full with God version, or in communities, perhaps as Living Life to the Full, where people can mention God if they want to, but it's teaching these skills as a good thing for community, they're available as resources. The online course, uh, Rob spent a lot of time trying to get to get us online. There's a range of different modules, if we just quickly look through. Modules that teach these classes on confidence, how to be happy, how to overcome reduced activity. Modules have lots of audio and lots of uh, illustrations. And also a range of worksheets that you can print off or download and use. <coughs> Interesting, I'm very into research. An earlier version of these worksheets were an effective treatment for postnatal depression when supported by health visitors. There's also e-books that you can read. Uh, at the moment, these are available unlocked and, and free just for a few days. Uh, they are supposed to be by subscription, this bit, which is helping pay for the whole, the whole thing. But there's books where you can read through some of these things. It's not essential to read the books, I should say. You can do the classes regardless, just with the worksheets and the content. There's a range of different topics. Um, stopping drinking. But sometimes, as Christians, we can drink too much. Stopping smoking. Weight loss. I've clearly not read that one and a variety of other ones, as well as mental health things. Uh, there's also things addressing worry and fears, and also TV versions that uh, uh, will be there over uh, this week. What's coming over the next few weeks and months is we're increasingly putting in all the additional bits that will make it increasingly a faith-based site, so uh, uh, promises from the Bible. There's also automated email supports that uh, uh, will be available for around Monday or Tuesday next week, which will be once a week for three months, uh, encouraging people to use and apply these courses. There's what we know from other work in this, is that if you're depressed, if you're down, uh, one of the things that can happen uh, is that uh, it's easy to start things, but it's hard to complete things. I think that's true of the human condition generally, but even, even more difficult when we feel depressed or anxious. If you are interested in running these classes, uh, as my colleague uh, uh, Anne uh, at the back, who's got details of this, uh, please uh, move on. Does it work? Uh, part of my day job is evaluating these sort of resources. Um, we've got five published randomized controlled studies, if that means anything uh, research-wise. Uh, uh, it's quite strong levels of evidence for this sort of approach being effective across a range of conditions like bulimia, binge vomiting, anorexia, uh, depression. Uh, these particular classes uh, also been evaluated, and it roughly halves the, the likelihood of having depression if people attend and complete the classes, and uh, overly uh, more than halves uh, the uh, levels of anxiety. Uh, in a randomized control study. Uh, at the end of the classes, if you can read this, uh, uh, I'd just like uh, to just have a quick look at what we're trying to recognize when people go through the classes, as it shows that people have worked at things and learned things. We'd have encouraged people, if these classes are run in church settings, also to pray to each other, for each other, and to continue praying, and to really think about how faith and psychology, if you like, can come together because they're both focused on belief and they're both focused on behavior. And there are really helpful, supportive things from both a faith-based perspective but also a CBT perspective that can make a real difference. And it's doing so not just focused on resources but within a community-type setting, which again is one of the reasons why it's been fantastic partnering up uh, uh, with, uh, with Rob and Manus Hull uh, on this because there is the wider ability to chat, have discussions, forums as well, as well as these sort of meetings to discuss things. 
Uh, if you're interested in any uh, more information on this, there's a website you can uh, find out about it. But the Mind and Soul place is the first uh, uh, place if you want to just come and try and uh, go through these modules. Have a look at them, see if you think they're any good. And if you find people, family or friends, or others in church settings or wherever, that you feel uh, are needing some help, if it's a church-based setting, Mind and Soul site's a good place to go. Uh, if somebody's not so sure about the faith-based aspect, it's very similar modules on livinglifetothefull.com. Uh, uh, which is the secular version, if you like. Uh, but it's the same sort of content. Uh, hopefully it will prove helpful and interesting. Thank you.